Welcome to the Business Rents Podcast, where we have real conversations about the journey to being the best leader you can be in the workplace and at home. Welcome to the Business Rents Podcast, where we are talking about the journey to being a better leader in the marketplace and being a better leader at home. Um, I am extremely excited and honored to welcome our guest today. Uh, Officially, he is a district manager with Casey's General Stores, Um, but more personally, um jared and his wife kimberly uh they are some of our oldest friends and uh absolute best friends and so we are excited to have him on not just to share his uh professional journey and the leadership principles that he has developed um as his career has progressed but um him and kimberly also have a really unique story Um, that involves uh, living in different parts of the world and their um, raising children in in the middle of all of that. And so really cool stuff. So welcome to the podcast and thanks for being here, Jared Morrison. Thanks for having me. It's always good to chat with you. Uh, it it absolutely is. Um, and so if you would, Jared, um, for the listeners, if you can just kind of talk about your professional journey and what that looks like and where you are now, and then kind of uh, also tell about your, your home life. So um, kids and just everything that uh, that, that entails and uh, just kind of tell us your story. Yeah, so you said we have three hours for this, right? (laughs) Just making sure. Uh, So, yeah, um, Jared Morrison. So if we're starting with professional, um, I would say my professional career, and it's been mostly retail management, started uh, back in uh, around the year 2000. Uh, I was in community college in a beautiful little town called Cleveland, Tennessee, Um, And a friend of mine uh, talked me into uh, going to work for Blockbuster Video. Um, This was before the downfall. And uh, so it didn't take long. Um, Moved moved up in Blockbuster, uh, became a store manager probably about a year after that. So from 2001 until about 2006, I managed Blockbuster Videos, was just a store manager um, I was early 20s, uh, got married towards the end of my uh, stint with Blockbuster, and um, I'd say that's kind of where I started learning the foundation of, you know, just basic management, uh, learning how to manage a P&L and financials and manage people and, and all that, and um, I really had some good mentors during that time as well. I actually referenced things that I learned uh, my short time with Blockbuster um, quite often. Um, and then, uh, you know, for you folks at home, just a fun fact, I roped Chad into uh, working for Blockbuster for a little bit as well. And then as soon as he got hired, I bailed on him. Um, 
because I knew what was coming. I saw the writing on the walls. Um, so yeah, from there, uh, I'd gotten married in 2005 to Kimberly. Um, Blockbuster wasn't doing so well. Uh, at the same time, the stress of the retail environment was getting to me. My health wasn't that good. So we made the decision to move on from there. And from there, um, fortunately, I found um, a furniture company uh, called Badcock Furniture, family owned, operated, been around since 1904, uh, company all over the Southeast and um, got hired uh, on with them, um, managed the store for a year, became a training manager, um, learned a lot with them as well, and then uh, went into multi-unit management for the first time with them. So did that for about three or four years, I think, and then um, had the opportunity to become a corporate trainer for Badcock. Uh, did that for four years, and I absolutely love that. Uh, other than the constant travel and being away from home, uh, it's probably one of the m most uh, enjoyable things I've done is the, the training. And, uh, you know, you do that in every um, job or uh, every role that you're in, in some, some form or fashion, but, um, the facilitating training courses, the developing new materials, stuff like that, that's kind of in my wheelhouse. So I really love that. Um, so, uh, to kind of get ahead of myself in the midst of that time with Badcock, we were having baby after baby after baby, uh, to quote Jim Gaffigan, <laughs> we were having the yearly baby. And, um, so I got to the point when I was traveling, we had just had twins uh, that made five for us that um, we thought we needed to get the wife some help and uh, decided to move back home uh, to my hometown of Cleveland, Tennessee. We'd been living in the Atlanta area uh, for most of that time with Badcock. And um, we thought we were moving home to get closer to my family, to give uh, Kimberly some help with the kids. And ultimately, I think it was uh, God setting us up for what would be the, the biggest and the next move uh, in our life, uh, going to Africa. So I, I went back to multi-unit management with Badcock just to stay closer to home every day. Um, and then we moved back to Tennessee, like I said. And then about a year and a half after that um, is when everything just fell into place and we packed up everything uh, and moved to Uganda, East Africa. Um, yeah, from there, uh, <laughs> that was uh, probably the highlight of our marriage, the highlight of raising our children, the highlight of, uh, I won't say my career, but, um, you know, my my passion and what I think is my calling in life. Um, but it was short-lived, unfortunately. We had intended on staying there forever. Um, COVID had other uh, plans. So when COVID hit, things got a little dicey and there's a whole long story behind that that we could go into, but we ended up back in the States uh, in the spring of 2020. Um, so from there, it was almost like we were in limbo for a year. Uh, we bounced between Tennessee and Oklahoma, where my wife's from. Couldn't decide if we were going to go back to Africa, if we were going to settle back down here. Um, Uganda stayed closed for a good 10 or 11 months after COVID. So it was almost impossible to even go back. So we finally decided after losing support and uh, just being at a place financially where I needed to go back to work, that I was going to go back to work. Um, I could skip the next part, but I'm going to throw it in there because Chad, to get back at me for the whole blockbuster debacle, uh, <laughs> talked me into trying to uh, do mortgages, home mortgages, 
um, with the company he was working with at the time, which it was uh, an amazing company, loved the culture, loved the process and all that, but mortgages just are not for me. I'm an operator at heart, uh, love retail, love leading people, love growing uh, future leaders and all that. So I think I tried it for maybe four or five, six months, I can't remember, and uh, decided to go back to my roots. So that's where I'm at now. Came on board with Casey's General Stores, uh, who, if you don't know, is uh, the third largest convenience retailer in the country, uh, fifth largest pizza um, restaurant in the country. That's a fun fact that most people don't know, based out of Des Moines, Iowa. And they just moved into Oklahoma, where we settled in and um, had some multi-unit opportunities. So jumped on board with them and um, haven't looked back. It's uh, been nothing but growth and uh, not just for the company, but for me and my career. Um, and it's just been a really good fit for my family and uh, my career aspirations. So I think that brings us up to speed. I may have skipped like a bunch. You, you let me know since you know us well. <laughs> well, I mean, the, as short as you can tell a story that involves blockbuster video of furniture store chain, Uganda, Africa, <laughs> Tennessee, and Oklahoma. I mean, you have to leave some stuff out to tell that story in a in a one hour podcast. But <laughs> yeah, but one of my favorite things about our journeys together has, or um, well, or maybe just one of the funniest things to reflect on is how when we all first met, we had little kids, and you and Kimberly weren't even married yet, and the way that we had to hang out because we had little kids was you guys coming over to our house and just hanging out at our house because we had all the little kids. And then fast forward years down the road, our kids get older and then we get to do the same thing, but at your house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's, I think it's not very often, you know, that I think the typical adult friendships are people who are having kids at the same time. And, and so their kids are little together and they all hang out or whatever. And so it's just fun to look back and think our, our journey was a little bit different because we started so much younger. And then, um, you know, so we got to, you got to experience our little kids and then we got to experience your little kids. And now we, uh, have all these growing and grown kids um, that we get to hang out with and, <laughs> yeah. and kind of go through true. That. I kind of forgot about that. I remember back in that day, however long ago that was, uh, we used to call your children birth control when we would come over <laughs> or we'd babysit them. And uh, yeah. Well, it but didn't it, work. It, it didn't work very well. <laughs> and you ended up with more than us. I know, I know. They were darn cute, and uh, yeah, it just didn't work. <laughs> well, so I feel like, uh, you know, I have the question, um, but what's interesting about it is because your journey has taken you to different experiences and such unique experiences, I think that um, even answering this question is a little bit more complex for you. I like to ask, what is the greatest uh, sort of struggle of running a business or, or being in leadership 
in the marketplace, but also raising kids at the same time. Typically, you know, one of the biggest struggles is like balancing work and life and things like that. But you have a unique experience in that not only did you have overlap where you were working maybe a more conventional type job, um, but then you were also raising small children while living in a foreign country doing um, a very different type of work than the typical nine to five type job. But so even with all that context, though, talk about maybe what has been the greatest sort of struggle of doing both well, because a lot of times I think some people gravitate towards they do a really good job leading at work, but then they maybe withdraw at home because work was stressful and they're drained. And, and so maybe they don't do as well as they would like as a parent because so much energy goes into work or for some people they can't pour themselves into their work because they're always thinking about, you know, being at home. And so it can go either way, but what is, what has that journey been like for you to try to be, the best leader that you can be in the marketplace, but at the same time be the best dad that you can be to your kids at home. Yeah, man. So uh, you kind of hit on my answer, um, but I'll, I'll elaborate more with our situation. It has been a struggle. There's give and take on both sides. Um, but I would say the, the, the overall main struggle is just time. There's not enough time to do what you need at work, uh, as well as, um, you know, spend what I feel like is quality time at home with your family. So, um, learning when to, uh, shut things off, learning when to turn that phone over, um, learning when to put your foot down and say no, uh, to your team when they're being extra needy, uh, because you need to be with your family. Um, but at the same time, you still have a business to run. And, you know, if you don't do that well, you're not going to have a job. Um, so that's probably the hardest part for me. Now, I will say one of the um, one of the things with our family dynamic that makes it easier is since we had our first child in 2008, uh, my wife has been a stay at home mom. Uh, so she's, you know, she hardly ever goes anywhere. She homeschools all five of the kids. Uh, now she does get involved with mom's groups and um, takes them to appointments and shops and does all the things she needs to do. But the majority of the day she's with them um, and helping them with school and all that stuff. So that's helped in, on, in one sense, but on the other hand, um, she can get overwhelmed as well um, because she's basically on call with them 24 seven. And because of the, um, you know, just the, the stress of retail operations and, and all the stuff I have to do with my job, I get worn out, stressed out, you know, mental fatigue uh, after a, a 10 hour day and driving around all day. So when I come home, I just want to decompress and um, have quiet and organization and all that. And she's been with them for sometimes 12 hours all day awake and, um, the reality is it's just not like that when you get home. <laughs> so, uh, that's, yeah, that's the, that's the biggest struggle. Um, now I will say it's been easier with certain companies. Um, 
it was definitely easier when we were in Uganda uh, because we worked for a Christian organization that obviously valued family. That's what we were doing. And um, I could say, hey, I need a day with the family or I need a day to, you know, just um, relax and uh, get over some of the stress of living in a developing country and driving and all the stress that goes with that. Um, but, you know, with a, a business a big business, especially, I mean, there's expectations and they're not always as quick to say, yeah, take that time with your family. Um, we know, we understand, we get it kind of thing. So, um, fortunately I'll say with Casey's uh, where I'm at now, they're absolutely uh, family oriented. Uh, you know, a company of 40,000, 43,000 employees, you'd think they would be all business, but, um, they really truly care about people and making sure they take care of their families and get quality time with their families. So, um, it's been nice the last couple of years as stressful and as busy as my, my day to day is, um, when it's time to take off or be with family, I can pretty much take off and be with, with, with family. If I go on vacation, I can turn my phone off. Don't take my laptop. Um, so that's kind of nice. But at the same time, we still run businesses. Um, some of mine are 24 hours. Uh, so there are rare occasions you get a phone call in the middle of the night, an emergency at a store, and you have to deal with that. Um, you know, if you're trying to have family time at eight o'clock at night, uh, you're getting a call because uh, a store has been robbed or, um, you know, uh, someone got in a fight in the parking lot, crazy things like that. So, um, yeah. So to go back and, you know, give the, the, the short answer, it's just, there's not enough time in the day. I, I believe to have the quality time at work and have the quality time at home. And I think the people that do it really well are the ones that, um, have learned just how to compartmentalize those two and shut off and, um, you know, leave work where it needs to stay when you're at home. And then when you're at work, focus hundred percent on work. Um, and then, like I said, having Kimberly at home with the kids, it kind of allows me to do that when I'm at work. Cause I don't have to worry about the kids being in school or getting to and from school or things like that because she's always with them. Yeah, I think definitely the, um, and kind of what I hear in some other conversations that we've had too, it, it, bouncing off of the time thing. Um, and I think you are kind of alluding to it is being present. Um, like the people who do it well are, are able to find a way to be present wherever they are. So if they're at home, they're intentional about being present when they're at work, they're intentional about being present. And, um, you really have to like balance that and find that way to do that for yourself and for your family in order to, to effectively lead in either place. Um, so I think that's, yeah. Yeah. And just to, to that point, I mean, I'll uh, talk about what we've actually done as a family recently. Uh, it's been a constant struggle for oh, almost 22 years now. I think I've been in retail uh, and then 18 years married, uh, 15 years with kids. Um, so for 15 years, I guess it's kind of been a struggle for us, but just within the last month. So my wife, Kimberly, she's very, um, discerning. Um, she's very in tune with the kids' feelings and needs and kind of um, that sort of thing, you know, as a nurturing mother should. And I'm more logical, organized and all that. So we kind of 
combined those two characteristics of us and uh, came up with a very structured, if you came to our house right now, uh, I don't remember if it was there the last time you guys were there, we have a laminated weekly calendar. So every hour of every day is accounted for and there's time built in for family time. There's time built in for quiet time. It's eliminated a lot of the screen time uh, the kids have uh, been doing. It gets them more active um, and that helps me also plan my day so I know I need to be home by six o'clock because from six to eight, that's family time. Now, does it always happen perfectly? No. I got home at seven, uh, I think, yesterday because yesterday was a pretty rough day. And uh, to be honest with you, from seven to almost 8.30, actually, while they were playing phase 10 at the coffee table, I was finishing work. But I was in the room. I was present. I was laughing with them and all that. It doesn't always happen like that. Uh, for the most part, we've been able to have good quality family time in the evenings, and that's without a TV, without the iPads and all that, uh, just playing games or uh, going through old photos and laughing at each other and things like that. So I'd say, you know, 15 years later, we may be on to something, <laughs> might have figured something out that's really helped us um, kind of balance that work and family time Um so yeah, that's been fun the last couple months and the kids really enjoy it. And it's so funny how uh, if you deviate from that schedule one bit, they're going to tell you about it because uh, kids love routine. They love boundaries. They love structure. So yeah, it's been fun. Well, and I think that's something that they're then looking forward to because it's scheduled time. This is my time with mom and dad. This is my... And so I think as kids... You desire, kids desire relationship. They desire to, they want to know that they're loved and that they're valued. And when you take those two hours, you're communicating to your kids, you are important to me and I value you. And so we're going to, you know, spend this time and it doesn't really matter what you're doing as long as you're present with, mm -hmm. you're present with your kids you're interacting with your kids. So even if you have an emergency email, you're still interacting, you're still present, you're still there, but it gives them something to look forward to because it just makes them feel extra valued. Yep, that's exactly right. Well, and I think too, to that point, um, a, a unique thing uh, sometimes for, for leaders in the workplace is that they get to model uh, lessons for their kids in the way they handle their work. So if you're having family time and somebody calls because there's something urgent going on and something that you need to deal with and step away from family or whatever, take a call in the room with them, whatever that might be, it's an opportunity for a leader in the workplace to model some things or let their kids see how mom or dad acts or interacts with the people that they work with, how they handle situations. And sometimes, you know, we teach kids things that we want them to learn that we also experience at work. Um, but it's really cool when they get to see us, I think, actually do those things. And so we're not just telling them about being patient with people when there's a problem, but we're they're seeing us do that in our real life, so to speak, our jobs and or or how to stay calm in a stressful situation. It's one thing to try to tell your kids to do that. But if they can see you 
handle a work situation that way. Um, I think it's a, it becomes a really effective overlap in teaching our kids things that we want them to learn to become successful adults one day. Um, so I, I, I just, yeah, that I was going to say, that's a great point. And it, that I can tell some stories on that just with my current company. Um, one of the things I love too is, uh, you know, I have the opportunity to, um, we, we do dust dawn and weekend visits, what we call them. So, uh, once a quarter, we uh, visit our stores, uh, try to do it unannounced, sometimes announced, um, but in the evening, early morning, uh, but mostly on the weekends, so like Saturday or Sunday. And anytime I do those visits, I take one of the kids with me. Um, I think I've only taken four of them so far because the oldest, he's he's just too cool, I guess, to go to work with dad. But one of these days I'll get him there. Um, but they've absolutely seen. I remember the first time I did that. Um, I took my little girl, Mariah, and she's, I guess, seven or eight at the time. Um, and I had to, uh, unfortunately, let an employee go that morning. And so the whole way there, I was talking to her about the situation and why we had to do that. And, you know, her being seven years old, not understanding, well, why would you do that to someone? That's how they get their money. And so, you know, by the end of the day, she understood that, uh, you know, sometimes you have to make tough decisions and it's what's best for the business. So um, she obviously, you know, I'm a professional. She didn't sit in the room while I was having the discussion with the team member. Um, she was in the kitchen playing with knives or something <laughs> like that. Um, but she saw what happened and, you know, saw how uh, it was handled after the fact and how we, you know, respectfully walked the team member out and all that. And then, you know, too, on the other side of that, um, we also do lots of recognition on those visits. So I always get the kid in the picture with me when I'm giving my team uh, a card that uh, says, we see you doing good or uh, things like that. So they absolutely do pick up on things, um, get to see a lot of that with my current role. And I'm sure have in the past. And then just one last funny story for you on that. So they, they ask so many questions and get so involved in my work that they know even down to details like our pizza standards. You know, I said Casey's is the number five pizza uh, chain in the country. So I brought home a pizza for my birthday. We all get a free pizza on our birthday. And um, because I was taking it home, I cut it differently um, because we cut it into 12 slices. I wanted it in eight. And uh, that's just, that's not what we do. We have very high standards. So as soon as I open the box, my 13 year old looks at it and goes, dad, that's not Casey's way. It's cut into eight slices. <laughs> So it, thinking, where did he pick up on this? At some point, I've told him this is why we cut the pizza that way. Um, but yeah, that, that's a great point. And I love um, taking them along when I can and teaching them things. And, you know, it, my 15 year old that's too cool to ride with me, um, he absolutely gets into office days uh, when I'm putting together presentations or looking at uh, P&Ls and uh, other business metrics and things like that. He's right there behind me going, Hey dad, what's that? What's that? He's all about the data and wants to know, you know, how we're tracking it and how we're looking at it and all that stuff. So that's kind of neat. Yeah, de definitely getting to, I feel like that's a unique thing that, um, that sometimes either people don't get to experience because their work doesn't allow for that or, or whatever, or they maybe don't think about, taking advantage of those opportunities. You know, if you, 
keep everything separate. Uh, a lot of times I think you miss really good opportunities to, again, model things for our kids and let them see um, kind of the lessons that we try to teach them get played out. The Schiffer Lending Team with Canopy Mortgage is proud to bring you this episode of the Business Rents Podcast. Being a great leader means leaving a legacy. One of the common ways people leave a financial legacy at home is through real estate. At the Schiffer Lending Team, we are honored to be a part of that journey. If you'd like to explore what that might look like for you, reach out to us by email, home at schifferlendingteam.com. What are some things as you've worked, uh, you know, in leadership in different capacities while at the same time raising children, what would you say are some things that... um, principles that you have applied in the workplace or applied with your children that you feel like have really good overlap with the other, like maybe something that you've learned in your, over the years at work that you realize, Hey, this would also be a really effective thing to do at home or something you've done with your kids that you thought, Hey, I I could apply this as a leader at work as well. And then maybe like, how has one, made you um how has one made you better at the other Hmm. Hmm. man so many i could think of (laughs) um i mean there's a few big ones i think that come to mind one of the 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 first one and um you know if you were to poll any of my current team right now they would tell you jared preaches this all the time is number one assume positive intent um So whether it's at home and, um, you know, I, I see something that's in disarray or maybe something that got broken, um, things like that, um, uh, old Jared or developing Jared, you know, would automatically jump to a conclusion. I knew exactly what happened. I knew which kid did that. Um, and you know, bring the hammer down and, uh, same way in work situations. Um, a lot of times, um, and I'm, I'm working on this with actually the, the district manager I'm mentoring in Texas right now. Um, they come from a background of pretty much like, uh, you know, the carrot and the stick. It's all stick. And um, there's not really, uh, it's guilty until proven innocent. I guess that's a good way to put it. Um, but uh, with Casey's and, and the way I operate, it's always assumed positive intent. You never really know what's going on with someone unless you take the time to sit down and ask them. And hear their side of the story. Um, now, does it always end up being uh, that it was a, an innocent situation? No, uh, but the majority of the time it is. And if we take the time to really sit down and hear their side of it, and uh, coach them in a respectful and you know more gentle way, you get better results than just automatically assuming the worst and um, cracking the whip, putting the hammer down kind of thing. So, assume positive intent. That's one. The second one that um, I know goes both ways and I'm trying to think which side I really use this on before the other, I would say in business. Um, and then I've, I've had to work to do it at home is just being fair with everyone. Uh, so I currently manage 12, uh, store leaders that manage 12 stores. Um, you learn really quick in multi-unit management that what you say, what you do, you've got to do it for everyone the same because they talk, uh, feelings get hurt. Uh, people don't think the same way. And uh, there's just so many dynamics there. 
Um, so being fair and it, that the same goes at home, you know, no one has a favorite child, right? Um, but obviously the one that's the quietest and doesn't cost you the most money is the favorite, <laughs> but you got to treat them all equally, um, at home. And, uh, that, that's interesting when you have different ages, like my youngest are nine, my oldest is 15. I can't treat my 15 year old, like my nine, my 15 year old boy, like I treat my nine year old daughter, but I can approach, um, situations, uh, developmental situations, we'll call them, uh, with them kind of the same way with, um, gentleness, kindness, assuming positive intent, um, and all that. Um, and then the third one, um, I talked so much, I forgot what the third one was. Oh, I remember now, uh, address things immediately. That's one thing I've learned, um, probably mostly in business. Um, and then it, it's really uh, been a struggle with my wife, Kimberly, uh, to do this. She's, she overthinks, kind of puts things off, lets things build and fester. And then, you know, all of a sudden it comes to a head and things explode. Um, but I'm 100% good in the, the workplace and with my team. Um, if there's an issue, we're going to talk about it immediately. We're going to solve it before I leave. And when I leave, we're perfect. We're just as good as we were before. I don't think any less of you if it's a negative issue. Uh, I'm not going to hold it over your head. You know, we're going to work through it right then and there, and then we're going to move on. Um, so, and I can do that really well with the kids. It doesn't always work that well with children uh, as it does with adults. Um, but getting uh, my wife to understand that um, even if, if it's little, you need to address it the first time and don't let it build and build until it gets to the point to where, you know, they're out in the front yard, you know, bloody in each other's noses and rolling around in the leaves. And um, not that we've ever had that happen, <laughs> but yeah, I think that makes sense. <laughs> well, and I think um, it, it's interesting. One of the things that you touched on in regards to a, approaching the kids the same or being fair, some of the uh, other episodes that we've had guests that we've had conversations with, um, we've talked about like the evolution of parenting and how, you know, you've been a parent for 15 years, but you have a nine year old. And when your 15 year old was nine, you were a different person probably, you know, than, than you are now. And our skills evolve and hopefully we're growing as a person and becoming better parents. And so our, our younger kids, for those of us who have raised multiple kids, a lot of times our younger kids get a better version of us than what our older kids got just because we've grown. But I think it's important what you said that even if, even if maybe they're getting a better experience or getting the benefit of, of having us grow over the years, um, the, the foundation of that is, is the same, right? Like the foundation of, uh, how we approach our kids, even if we, even if maybe we have different rules for our younger kids, because we've realized, you know, that that rule that we had, maybe that was silly at the time. We thought it was good, but now we think it's silly. And so the older kid might look back and go, well, why did I have this rule? And they don't have that rule. And, and it's because we've changed. But what our kids could point to is the foundation was I wanted the best for you. And at the time, that's how I thought we were going to get there. That's that's what I thought was the best for you. And I've changed, but what hasn't changed is 
my intent was always to set you up for success. My heart was always that I love you. You know, it's those those foundational things that don't change even as we grow as leaders and as parents. Um, and so, and I think it couples with talking to your kids about assuming good intent. You know, when you teach them that, then they can look at our parenting and go, my parents not perfect. They're human. They're not perfect. But their intent is that they want the best for me and they love me. And so I really think that's like, that's a really powerful um, kind of foundation to lay that can stay the same, even as we evolve in our skills and how we interact with our families and our teams at work. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And now that you make me think about it, I mean, 15 years ago um, and you guys are well ahead of us. uh, I don't even remember I don't know how I made it, honestly. Uh, 20, how was I, 28 years old, uh, you know, a little baby. And, you know, it worked. Uh, It was probably a little bit easier at that time since it was just one. Or, yeah, since it was just one. Um, But, um, you know, I I can't even think that far back. We've come so far. Um, And and you're right. So it made me think of a kind of a funny joke I tell people when, uh, we get all kinds of comments, you know, when you go out in public with five kids, but, uh, I like to tell them, and I think I saw this in a meme one time, you know, you have your first kid, they eat dirt, you freak out, take them to the emergency room. You think they're just going to die. And then, you know, second kid comes along and you kind of realize that it's not that bad. So you watch them, keep an eye on them, uh, you know, maybe give them some stomach medicine. The third kid eats dirt. You're like, Oh, he doesn't need lunch today. He's full. <laughs> Um, but for us, you get to five and it's like, oh yeah, record it and put it on Facebook. <laughs> if they're eating dirt. Um, so that's absolutely how it goes. Um, and it is funny how we start out so rigid and strict and, you know, um, and, and, you know, if you think about it too, I know you guys, parents were probably like this. Mine were, um, I know they didn't do it to our face, but, you know, after we left the house or, you know, walked away telling them, you know, don't do this for my kid. Don't feed this to my kid. They're just laughing at us. Like, who do they think they are? <laughs> we've been there. We've done that. <laughs> they think they know it all. Um, but now looking back, we're like, oh, yeah, I get it now. That's 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 why they gave pushback on every little thing. You, you know, everything had to be organic <laughs> and this certain car seat and uh, they have to be in bed by seven thirty on the dot, and um, but yeah, that is funny. Yeah, our Dawson, so our third, told Grace, our youngest, the other day, um, and he's he has said it numerous, numerous times, but he'll tell her, "You don't know how good you've got it. Don't screw it up," <laughs> <laughs> because he's like. But but they're not wrong. I mean, when we had our oldest, it was like rules, 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 rules. Like, I will. And now we're just like, Meh, whatever. <laughs> Which I mean. Yep. There's a there's a really good Nate Bargetti bit on that, folks. If you haven't seen it, go find it. <laughs> but it's funny, too. I mean, it still always goes back to, though, even when we were rules, rules, rules. And now when we've grown and we're different from beginning to end, our heart was always the same. We just want you to grow up to be happy and contribute to society and make a positive impact on the world. So the intent has never changed. 
It's just we learn over the years that it's less about controlling behavior, behavior modification, and more about helping somebody to grow into a great human being. And I think that's a universal principle that's parenting and business is when we learn to focus on our desired outcome and get less concerned about how we get there and more concerned about just helping somebody to become the best version of themselves. I think that that's, that's when we really, I feel like start to grow and into being less controlling and more, I just want to help you develop who you are as a person. So thinking forward, I guess, and and thinking about your kids and imagine one day that they're on a, a podcast and they're reflecting on their childhood and they're thinking about the lessons that they learned from dad, watching him and his different leadership positions along the way. What, what if, if somebody asked them in the future, what did you learn from your dad about business that you're applying to your life today? What do you hope looking forward at that conversation? What do you, what's the main thing that if, if they only learned one thing from me, I hope it's this. Whoo. One thing. (laughs) Well, you can do a couple. Trying to make it hard. Um, golly. Um, so probably a couple of main things. Um, number one, um, integrity. Um, so, uh, I think my kids will tell you, I do what I say. Um, you know, I live what I preach, uh, kind of thing at home and at work. Um, uh, I'm, I'm who I am with my team. I'm the same way I am at home. Um, um, and then the other thing I think would be, you know, just, I don't want to say work hard, but I guess just the good work ethic. Um, everything I do, and, and Kimberly reminds me uh, of this all the time, no matter what I'm doing, I have to be the best at it. And I'm going to do it, you know, the best way possible that I can do it. Um, even if it takes me multiple tries, extra time, um, whatever, uh, it, it's going to be absolutely the best just like you said, it's going to be the best version of whatever that I can do. That's what you're going to get. I'm not going to halfway do something. Uh, I'm not going to settle for, um, you know, less than, uh, I know this sounds bad, but less than as perfect as I can get it. How about that? Um, so I think, yeah, those two things, just integrity and then just having a really, really good work ethic. So no matter what you're doing, you do it the best possible, um, way that you can. Definitely. I think that's, um, yeah, really powerful and and really like very, um, it feels crazy to even say this, but, um, those are becoming more rare qualities. It seems like in the world today, um, there, you know, certainly those are like foundational, um, character issues that, uh, don't maybe get, emphasized as much today as, as they used to, um, at least, you know, maybe from my perspective. Um, so I think that's, that's really powerful. So, yeah. And so I was going to say one more thing. It just made me think of something. 
this, and I, I don't, I'm not a bragger or anything like that. You guys may say differently, <laughs> you know me, but as far as with work, um, and all that stuff, you know, I, I do what I need to do. Uh, like I said, I, I strive to be the best at whatever I'm doing. Um, and you know, I just leave it at that. I don't have to, to puff myself up or anything like that. Um, so, um, one of the things I have in my office area at home is a display, a beautiful display actually that Kimberly's made for all the awards I've gotten since I started working with Casey's. So in the, the months that I've been a district manager, which I think I'm going on 17 now with Casey's, I've gotten a top 20% award, which that's what they do every month, every month they do them uh, every quarter. So I've got every month, every quarter that I've been, um, I've won, three or four other special awards. Um, I won a, a, a values award, which is one of the most coveted prizes with Casey's uh, last year at our big conference in Kansas City, um, just because uh, that I push our values. And uh, there's actually a, a push and pull between some of the executives and some of us folks in the field about how you can um, build culture around our values primarily and the performance will come and some schools of thought are no you got to coach you got to do both and uh, performance before values and all that but I absolutely live the values push the values and that's how we you know hire people that's how we coach people uh, that's how we have performance discussions and all that so anyway all these awards in the corner so the joke is um, whenever uh, one of those big envelopes come in the mail because they come every month in this giant envelope it's really thick um, is oh, dad's won another major award. So all the kids now know, you know, what it takes to get those awards. And, um, and it's just kind of a funny thing every month when they come now in the house and, uh, they'll be like, Oh, you're going to run out of room, dad. You need a bigger wall, things like that. So, um, they see that. And, you know, once again, while I'm not trying to puff myself up in the back of my mind, I'm almost doing that for them as much as I'm doing it for the company um, because the is successful or the, me being the most successful I can is going to help my family, number one, with finances because we got to eat. Um, but it is also teaching them those values like the integrity and work ethic and, you know, to try to be the best at whatever they do. So I'd forgot about that. I should have thrown that in with my answer, but that's just kind of funny. Well, and that's good too, because you're teaching them. So you're teaching them the work ethic, but then you're showing them I can be successful in the world's eyes. I can be one of the top people and win all the awards and be this big dude but I can still value my family. I can still invest in my family. I don't have to spend every waking moment. Like I can have that balance and you guys can be just as important to me as, because yep. it would be easy yep, for you true. to get sucked into the awards and getting those awards and letting that be what motivates you. But to be able to still attain those things and teach your kids, that you can have this, but yet I can still, I can still be the best dad. I can still invest in you. I can still be a great husband. I can still. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of, I think, positive um, lessons that can be illustrated from kids getting to see their parents succeed and get, re, re, you know, rewarded or awarded at work because, uh, you know, it teaches them that success doesn't happen by accident. It's a result of 
what you're doing every day. I mean, that's when you're winning an award month after month after month, that's, it's not a coincidence. It's not an accident. It's a result of what I'm putting in and, and, and then therefore getting back out. Um, but I mean, you can also illustrate humility and gratitude and there's so many, um, positive things that can come from a child getting to see their parent be successful in the workplace. Um, especially in your case where they're getting to see it up close and personal. Um, it just, that's a, it makes for really powerful, uh, uh, illustrated lessons, I guess. <laughs> so, um, kind of wrapping up, I guess. And I know, um, I, I feel like we could continue this conversation for, uh, a really long time. And so we'll have to continue it on a future episode, I think as well, but in kind of wrapping up today, I like to ask this as a last question, um, just to give, if somebody's listening today and they're inspired by your story, whether it's the leadership part or the parenting part, or I think for a lot of our listeners, it will be both. If they're inspired and they're thinking to themselves right now, I want to start being a better leader at work, or I want to start being a better mom or dad to my kids. Um, if that's what they're thinking right now, what is something practical that you could say to somebody who maybe wants that but doesn't know where to start? What is something that person could do today to start that journey towards being a better leader? Yeah, and that it, it's funny you ask that because I'm at that place right now in my life. Uh, you know, I've been doing it for a while, and I've I've tried all kinds of things, but. Um, in the last couple of months, along with the whole schedule thing and all that, we've identified some some other stuff that would be good to do. And this doesn't necessarily have anything to do with business, but it it absolutely helps in both areas, family and business, is I've got to take care of myself. I need to be healthy uh, mentally, physically, uh, so I can be present for my kids and also so I can be healthy enough to work. Um, cause what I found over the years, the, the harder I work, the more stressful it is. Um, you know, I'm just spent at the end of the day, at the end of the week. And, um, a lot of times I get sick, uh, more easily, um, when I'm not taking care of myself. And what that turns into is I've got to work because, you know, we've got to put food on the table. I've got to keep my job. So my work gets the best of me. And then when I'm home, I'm tired, I'm sick, I'm in bed, um, that sort of thing. And that's not what I want my my kids to see and um, remember about me. So I'm actually just within the last, um, we'll call it a couple of months, I definitely took the week of Thanksgiving off. I've been doing some things with my eating habits and health and uh, trying to be a little bit more active. Um, lost some weight for the first time in forever, got my blood pressure down to a, a reasonable level. I'm not as tired. I don't feel like I have to just come home and veg out every night after a stressful day. Um, and I wake up easier. I get going quicker in the morning. Um, I feel like I have more mental focus when I'm working. Um, so yeah, that's, that's one thing. And then a side note that I'm trying to do better at, I'm not a reader. Chad knows this. Um, we talk about this often. I hate reading audiobooks. I try because I'm in the car all the time, but I just space out after a good 10, 15 minutes um, because my brain is just constantly moving on what's in there and it's hard to get more 
you know, in there, uh, not cause it's full by any means, but, um, I've also got to, you know, do better with my development. Um, and fortunately I'm, I, I'm about to start a program with Casey's, um, their version of leadership development. And that's kind of spurred some things in me and getting back to reading and, um, studying up on the, the newest leadership topics and things like that. So that's kind of a side note, but for me and, uh, you know, advice I would give to, to someone who's in the, the same boat, juggling, managing a business, owning a business and family is take care of yourself um, so that you're around for a while for your family and for your business. Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely a struggle. I think that I know I can relate to, and um, I'm sure a lot of people can as well. So very, very true. Um, well, thank you, Jared, for joining us. Um, I got to say, I think I've said this to you before. If I haven't, um, I'm going to say it now. But, um, you know, you and Kimberly have been somebody in, in our lives and our families that when our kids were small and especially as they started getting to dating age and things, um, we often use you and Kimberly's story as a model for how we wanted to teach our kids to approach, you know, the dating and marriage and those types of things. So we've always really valued you guys, not just as friends, but just the example that you've been and um, what that has meant to us and to our family. So we're really glad uh, and thankful to have you on and get to share your story because I think it, um, is, is something that can be really inspirational for the people listening and, and, um, hopefully can inspire and, um, just encourage people that are on the same journey, um, to, to be the best version of themselves that they can be. So thank you for joining us. We appreciate it and look forward to you. Thanks. Yeah. Have look a- forward to having you on again. Thanks. If you enjoyed this content, hit subscribe or follow and share the show with a friend. Thanks for listening to the Business Rents Podcast, made possible by the Schiffer team with Canopy Mortgage.